Welcome to the usable past. Community Organizing 101. I've been thinking a lot about where our world is, where it should go and could go. And I've been looking for a way to share um, the past and how to organize to get to a better place. I've been an organizer for change, for social and economic justice and housing, neighborhood government, homelessness, community food, redlining, displacement, now it's called gentrification, rent control, civil and voting rights, women's health, community schools, anti-war and peace, advocacy for persons living with HIV, police brutality, environmental care, solar to solid waste, lead-based paint, and clean water. We have met the enemy, and he is us. Pogo, 1970. I've done this in a lot of different ways. I organized a conference of college newspaper editors in 1970 that included the hog farmers from Vermont acting as our security team. The, the Chicago 7, minus Bobby Seale, of course, arrived, Liberation News Service, and sludge oil dumped over the head and shoulders of Robert O. Anderson, CEO of Atlantic Richfield Oil, while he was speaking. It was the January prelude to Earth Day, which happened in April 1970. Senator Gaylord Nelson was at that conference. Once again, I've worked in many different ways. I walked for 21 days from New York City to Washington, D.C., sleeping in local communities, sharing the struggle of persons living with HIV and AIDS. I walked the halls of Congress with D.C. neighborhood youth from Adams Morgan, dressed in their Ontario Lakers sports uniforms, paid for by themselves and their parents, dragging a huge dolly with a huge television set, big boxy thing that it was, to show a video of their community park to anyone who would watch. Success came when Congress, because it was the District of Columbia, it had to be the United States Congress that voted a special appropriation of $250,000 to purchase the Shapiro Tract to make the park permanent, now known as Community Park West, and then finally Walter Pierce Park, who was the founder. A few months ago, neighborhood activists in Adams Morgan tracked me down to be a witness in a request for an injunction to protect a public access plaza granted over 40 years ago in front of a Washington, D.C. savings and loan as part of an agreement to withdraw one of the first challenges ever made under the Community Reinvestment Act because of mortgage discrimination. The injunction was granted the legal case is still pending. The Student Nonviolent Coordinating Committee, SNCC Elders Project, asked me to contribute to the DC Black Power Chronicles to document neighborhood government projects, housing organizing, and advocacy against police policy under the pilot district program. So today I want to tell you one other story which I would call Community Organizing 101. In the neighborhood, 
on the Shapiro track, in addition to the homemade ball fields and the equipment placed there bought by the kids and their parents and the other members of the community, there was a garden. The garden was on the edge of the Shapiro track, and it kind of rolled down the hill a little bit toward Rock Creek Park. Garden had been there a long time, and it reflected the neighborhood. All kinds of different gardening techniques. Everything from natural, we're not using any chemical fertilizer, to whatever it would take to grow the biggest tomatoes. And it was a wonderment of variety. Diversity, tomatoes, okra, collards, turnip greens, mustard greens. There was probably even a little arugula grown, but nobody knew what arugula was. And there were herbs, and there was some corn, and there were beets, and there was squash. And in the fall, there were always pumpkins. Somehow, in a community meeting, there was a discussion about how messy the garden was. It needed cleaning. It needed, it needed to be neater. It was just too messy, and it was going to attract um, things that nobody wanted to see. So the following spring, when it was time for spring planting, uh, I, a community organizer, said, let's organize the garden. So we created community gardening plots. And people signed up for the plots, built little fences, and the gardening began. Once again, it was very diverse. But when harvest season started, little murmurs and rumbles and complaints started because someone took someone's lettuce never been an issue before. And by the time the tomatoes and the green beans and the corn started to come in, oh boy, was there a problem because if there was a tomato missing, I can remember, you know, Ms. Davis saying, somebody took my green tomatoes. They weren't even ripe yet. And it got to the point where people were really, really angry in a garden that had always been kind of a peaceful place to go hang out. I shook my head and was like, well, we need to have a meeting. We need to get better organized. So we had a meeting and people came and complained and said, why is, why is, why is my corn not as good as that corn? And why is my tomato gone? And oh boy, if anybody touches my pumpkins, there's going to be big trouble. And I continued to say, okay, let's keep the fences and just remember you have to stay within your fence and you have to um, make sure that, that your, your gardening doesn't go over into someone else's plot. And the continuing argument, the argument just continued. And finally, Ms. Fillmore, 82 years old, stood up and said to me, Marie, you're the problem. We never had this problem before. I don't know why you told people to put up those fences. You are the problem. Community Organizing 101, I was the problem. I organized it too much.
And lo and behold, the next spring, guess what? No more fences, no more arguments. Anybody could go pick a tomato, and no one really knew whose tomato was whose. And oh, by the way, did anyone ever realize that the closeness to Rock Creek Park lent the garden to be um, a smorgasbord for the deer, for the raccoons, for the fox, for the many animals who lived in Rock Creek Park or the people who lived in Adams Morgan. <laughs>